I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Chillingham Castle boasts some of the highest levels of paranormal activity in the country, with a large collection of spectres and apparitions spotted by visitors over the years. The poet Longfellow begins an apt description of Chillingham with the following verse. All houses in which men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors the harmless phantoms on their errands glide, with feet that make no sounds upon the floors. The castle has a very dark past associated with the torture and death that occurred inside its fortified stone walls. There was even a resident torturer named John Sage. We have been lucky enough to book a room at Chillingham Castle on our upcoming road trip to England and Ireland, so very soon we may have our very own stories to tell about this seriously haunted castle. In the meantime, we welcome you to listen in to the history and haunting tales of Chillingham Castle in this episode of the True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hey, Renata, I am so excited to be recording this episode of Chillingham Castle because we are going to be there um, in April. Yes, can't wait. And we have done a, quite a bit of research over the last few months and looking at some of the places that are some of the most haunted sites in all of England. And we are so lucky that we have actually been able to book accommodation in some of these sites. Yeah. So we're going to go in, do lives, do recordings, do everything that we possibly can to record these spectacular shenanigans. Uh, and then we're going to come back 
to you guys with all of our stories. There's going to be so many selfies of us that you'll be sick of us. I know. I <laughs> with, know. With famous things bef- behind us. Torture chambers. Oh, I'm going yes. to try and stick you in the Iron Maiden. Yeah, no, I think they were made for much smaller people than me. <laughs> I'll give it a good go, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. So if I'm if I'm working this out correctly, I've got my big calendar in front of me. This episode should come out on the 18th of March and we fly out on the 4th. So we'll be in Chillingham yes. Castle on the 19th of April. So mm-hmm. think of us all then. Oh, we'll be reminding you where we are. Don't you worry. Every step of the way, you will know where we are. Just remember to hit YouTube and our socials so that you know what is going on because we will be all over Facebook, all over YouTube, all over Instagram, all over Twitter. Everywhere we can possibly be, we will be. And if you would like to support us in the work that we do, don't forget you can become one of our grand Poobah Patreon supporters for only $10 a month. And for that, you get to see some of the behind the scenes. You get uh, two private sessions with us a week and we jump a month, on. A month. A month. A month. A month. Not a week. <laughs> Jesus. Please don't do no, that. No, God. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes we struggle. We, we, we eventually get there. It might not be the, the tarot reading but we'll try to put a live of something else. And sometimes we go to locations that um, we can't do live feeds to the general public. So we just do it to our grand bars because uh, we know that those all the secrets are safe with them. Yes. Um, but you may have noticed by now that hopefully there are some ads popping up in our podcast. Uh, and that's because the Frightfully Good team have taken over production of the podcast and uh, it is now hopefully being monetized and there'll be a little bit of money coming our way to help us keep doing this full time. But in saying all of that exciting stuff, we need to get on with the show. Yes. Let me tell you about the visit we had to Chillingham Castle. It was a day that will not be forgotten in a hurry. We started off in London, spent a few days there, and then we headed north to York. After a few more days, most involving a smattering of rain, we were heading up the motorway towards Edinburgh in Scotland. Part of the way there, passing through Northumberland, we saw a sign, Come and see the most haunted castle in England, it said. This is where our story starts. Now, I'm not normally one for ghosts or stuff like that, but Susie, or Suze as I sometimes call her, is. We had been driving for a while and did fancy a break for lunch, so we turned off the main road in the direction the sign pointed us. Being American, we're used to wide roads, and English ones are not. It's bad enough driving on the wrong side. Roundabouts really confuse me as well. But when you've got one lane in each direction, it just makes it even worse. And this is on the main motorway, the A1. After a few minutes of nervous driving, crossing my fingers we wouldn't meet a bus coming in the opposite direction, we didn't, we reached a brown tourist sign that pointed us to an even more narrow road. Nothing would be able to pass us on this one. We drove through an open gate with small towers on both sides into the castle grounds and were directed to a clearing in the woods to park our car. At least, that was free, unlike many of the places we've been to. We walked towards the castle down a tree-lined avenue, 
signposted as the Devil's Walk. You know, said Suze, I recognise this place. It's been on TV. You and your ghosts, I replied. No, really, it was on TV. I think it was on Scariest Places on Earth, you know, the one with that Linda Blair hosts. It's supposed to be really spooky. She tried unsuccessfully to swat a wasp away that seemed to be following us. That's all made up, I replied, nevertheless failing to stop a shiver going down my spine. I remember this walk from the show, she continued. It was the middle of the night, pitch black but for the lit braziers. The family that were going to spend the night in the castle were walking down this road, terrified before they even got to the castle. Climbing the steps, we moved towards the door, then through it. I knocked on it as I went past, succeeding in creating a satisfying bang and bruising my knuckle at the same time. Instead, it felt as though we had moved back centuries in time instead of only a few metres. To the left, there was a small room leading to one of the dungeons called the Oubliette. You can look directly down and see the small prison cell below, the only way in or out being the trapdoor in the roof I was looking through. At night, it would be pitch black. I took a photograph looking down, remembering to switch on the flash. For a few hundredths of a second, as the dungeon was lit up, I could see bones at the bottom. Chicken bones, I hope, but you never know. The sign says that they are reputed to be the bones of the last victim of the castle, supposedly a young girl who was thrown down there and left for three days and starved to death. We emerged into a central courtyard, surrounded on all four sides by cold, tall stone walls of the castle. No sunlight beat down on us here. We grabbed a bite to eat from the cafe, and then started exploring. Well, that, that soundscape today <laughs> proved to be a little bit of a trauma for me to get through, um, as our Grand Poobah Patreon supporters will find out, because we're going to send them the outtakes to that. I had a few issues with a couple of words. One of them was the braziers, <laughs> which I said was braziers, <laughs> which then Renata was imagining flaming bras down the side of the... Yeah, when we oh. go there, I'm going to crack a joke about that. Yeah, yeah. we'll rip a bra out of your bag and set it on fire and we'll take a photo and then everybody that listens to the podcast will know what that was about. Yes. What was the other one? There was another word that oh. just threw me compu- completely. We both looked at each other and went... Banff. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Yeah. No, we even had to stop recording because we just lost our poop yet again. Yeah. All right. So that, sorry, that was actually, I got that off scribed and it was from a book called Urban Explorations, The Curse of Chillingham Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually got some more stories from that in my segment mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but I did cut off the bit where he's talking about checking out the somebody's butt and checking out else's someone's boobs. I'm thinking, there's no need for that. Why do oh. you need to put that into a bloody book? Anyway. Oh. Oh. Hmm. I'm putting on the old woman nasty pants there. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> yes, so I'm going to go through the history. And some of this history I um, took from Chillingham Castle uh, webpage, the website, and some of it has come from um, some of the same sources that you've taken your stories from because they were awesome. They were some awesome sources. Yeah, awesome sources. Barbecue tomato, really, really good. Chili, 
and um, of course, Chillingham Castle goes back a very long way in history, and. You know, throughout all of the ages, many a royal foot has crossed Chillingham Castle's imposing threshold. I was sure they were slippered feet on carpets. Oh, they would have been. Or slaves' backs. Yes, I shall not touch the ground. Mm -mm. Lift me, O slave. Uh, and thank, God, it, thank God we weren't around during those times oh, and we weren't royalty. No, well, poor bastards. No, I would have been a scrubber woman somewhere <laughs> picking potatoes in a field, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so one of the earliest monarchs that visited Chillingham Castle was Henry III in 1245. Let's just embrace that for a moment, 1245. Yeah. Right, almost 800 years ago. Wow. That's crazy. So this now ancient stronghold was built on the site of a former monastery. So <gasps> we have monks. Yes, there will be a black monk. Oh, is, and friars? And Do we friars? have deep friars? Yes, yeah, we can get our chippies done early in the <laughs> morning. Chippies? Our chippies. Uh, and that also meant that it was a handy location for a stopover en route to Scotland route. Route, ah, route. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I will say route. I have now made you paranoid for life yes. about that word. On you route are welcome. to Scotland. You just root away, Renata. It's all good. Thank you very much. Uh, a fact that Edward I, who was often referred to as the Hammer of the Scots. Oh, Not like Thor. Yeah, don't know why he was so called Thor, the I can hardly piff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he took advantage of this route when heading north of the border to take on the mighty William Wallace, um, a.k.a. what's his face? I don't know. William You're Wallace. Telling the story. William Wallace, the guy that played William Wallace in the movies. Oh, Braveheart. Yes. What's Mel the, Gibson? Mel Gibson. Oh, that's it. Okay. okay. Mel Gibson's army in nine in twelve ninety eight. Mm. So he's the guy Jeez, that painted. Mel's his getting old then. Face blue and said, "They will not take our freedom." And then bared their butts to the. Yes. Yep. You've got to freeze frame it because apparently Mel did bear his butt in that. So if you freeze frame it, you can actually pick which butt's his. Yeah, I'm not quite sure whether people like him anymore. We need to know whether it's hairy. We need to know if it's hairy or not. Yeah, he said he said some nasty things along the way. So I know. Mm. Yeah, it's, I'm very disappointed, Mel. Mel, wake up to yourself. So the building was upgraded to the fully fortified Chillingham Castle in 1344 when a license to crenellate. Don't you like that? Mm -hmm. That just opens it up to what the hell uh, was uh, officially issued. And that means a license to fortify. So they could then build battlements around it. So that's so archers could hide behind things. Yes, and they could throw hot stones. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a massage, please? I'd like a hot stone on my back. Hot stones and and we've been watching too many movies and they would um, pour oil and yeah. stuff. Did I know? tell you about my hot stone experience, my <laughs> massage experience? No, no. I, I don't get massages very often because I'm not real comfortable and taking all the kid off. And I went to this little place just down the road and this lovely lady came out and she's like, uh, you want massage? Like, yeah, 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 that'd be great. Thank you. So I'm, I've stripped off laying face down on the thing and, and she's like poking and slapping at me. There was nothing. It was supposed to like leave one hand on while you're massaging gently but it's now a slap dang poke I'm like oh okay I don't think it's meant to be like this next minute she's wandered off and I can hear her out the back going <laughs> to someone else and I'm lying there face down and then I hear this enormous crash right next to my head mm-hmm. and she's come in with something and dropped it on the floor I had no idea what it was next minute 
I get these hot stones whacked on my back that I had no idea was part of the massage. Uh-huh. And and she's yelling at someone outside while she's doing this. And it was the most torturous, non-relaxing experience I've ever had. And I've not been back for a massage since. No, I don't blame you. Oh, my heavens. I, I don't blame anyway, you. That, I'll get off my high horse about hot stones there. You can go back and throw them at the peasants again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The, the, the whole thing about hot stones has changed so much yeah. since the days of King Charles. But never mind. So James VI of Scotland later dropped by to stay for a while at Chillingham when on his way to London to be crowned James I of England in 1603 while his son and heir Charles I laid his head there for a couple of nights just before he was taken prisoner. Aren't they joyous families Just back his then? head? Well... No, the rest of his body, but he had to no. lay down. He yes. had a nap. It's going to be so, like, like us at um, the Hanada Airport for eighteen hours, where we lay down on the floor and try to sleep. Oh, look! I was quite happy just to not remember that for yep. a while, but you've. I had to bring me. it back up. So Edward the Seventh then stayed at the hotel oh, at the castle at as the well. Hotel. <laughs> at the castle as well. Hotel Lushit. during his country country. <laughs> That's gonna stay in. Through his hunting visits in the Victorian I'm so era. So glad we sorted that out. All we needed was that in the country. Oh, oh boy! And the royal connection is still maintained through occasional private visits from members of the current royal family. Oh, oh Prince Charles might drop by while we're there. Oh, okay. Can they let me know? Because I'd rather not be there. <laughs> oh, no. I'm oh, sorry. I've got to wipe the tears from my eyes. Oh, if William was going to be there, that would be okay. I wouldn't mind that. Okay. So until 1932, the grade one listed Chillingham Castle was owned by the Grey family of Earl Grey Tea fame oh, and their descendants. I didn't realise it was Earl Grey Tea. Yes. And do you know, we're sleeping in the Grey Room. Oh. Well, there you go. Mm. So they acquired uh, the titles Earl of Tankerville. That's not very nice. Um, And yes, and there's been a long associated with the Grey family since then. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, Mr. Grey himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is like, wasn't, was it Mr. Grey that was in the, that um, series of books? Was it Mr. Grey? I don't, which, oh, uh, Christian Grey. Christian Grey. Oh. Oh, oh and there's a, there is a, there <laughs> there is a, a torture, torture room. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to oh. get all hot and bothered. Can, can we take with Fifty Shades of Grey? Can we sit down there with that in the dungeon? <laughs> yes. And, and, oh, yes. And maybe read a verse yes. of the, about the Red Room. Okay, if which, anyone has... So now I've read the books, if, but... <laughs> If anyone has a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey, they would like to give us. I've got it on Kindle. No, no. I, oh, I want oh, a paperback. We, we do need Because we're going to yeah. have to leave it there. Yeah. We, oh. <laughs> we're going to... We're going to plant yep. 50 Shades of Grey oh. everywhere throughout the castle. So if anyone has a copy of 50 yeah. Shades of Grey. You want to get rid of it? Please yeah. send it. We'll send it to us. We'll give you a link at the end. Oh, will we? Uh, yeah, we will. Um, Let's give out your address, shall we? <laughs> that's fine. Oh, that's, that's classic. 
So, um, yes, look, some of the people that were associated with Chillingham Castle over the years uh, are quite fascinating in themselves, not only the castle. And I had to kind of extend my bit a little bit. Uh, and so I included some of these guys. Um, so Earl Grey, Mr Grey, um, was uh, had this this big story about himself, um, about how... Yeah, he was this swashbuckling man and, you know, they said that um, he he was associated with the British Prime Minister and all of this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, In actual fact, most of the stuff about him is malarkey. It's it's not true. Bit of fluff, is it? Yeah, and they say that he was actually quite a boring man other than the fact that he had multiple affairs with women. So in actual fact, he was a turd and he just sprinkled some glitter on it to make it look like gold. Yeah. So um, he... Look, this this, this didn't stop people from trying to attribute this tea uh, and the tea that was named after him um, in a a remarkable variety of ways so that they could literally spice up the whole story. Mm -hmm. So one story claims that Grey dramatically saved a Chinese man's son from drowning and that the man named the tea after Grey to show his attitude. Gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) Gratitude. Um, And this particular post says it's a great story. Story, but Gray never, ever went to China. So there was no way he could do this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is that according to the Gray family themselves, the tea was specially blended for them to suit the lime-laden water at Howick Hall, which was another um, estate that they owned in Northumberland. <clears throat> and the bergamot balanced the unusual taste of the water. So the bergamot was actually covering the taste of the water used to make the tea. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It covered the taste of the a la shit. Yes. And Lady Grey, who would serve this tea to her visitors, actually started to sell it because people loved the taste. And yet bergamot was used uh, in teas um, from around the 1800s and especially used to flavour Chinese black teas, which everyone loved Mm -hmm. but were very expensive to bring over. Oh, so watered it down in actual fact. Yes, so they kind of used this particular herb um, to... To make it taste a little bit like the exotic Chinese mm. black teas that were available. But it was also like uh, cutting up cocaine with a bit of icing sugar to make it go further. Yeah. Not that I know no, anything I about know anything cocaine. About yeah, no. <laughs> it just sounded like a no. good story. Uh, and <laughs> look, Lady Grey made this something that was a basic staple tea and she advertise the crap out of it from the point of view of making it uh, something that would make you upper class if you drank oh, it. you've got to raise the pinky while yes. you drink your tea. So you were drinking Earl Grey, which oh. had bergamot in it. And, you know, the the um, there was a certain poshness to doing it. I don't actually like Earl Grey. I prefer English breakfast. Oh, I love Earl Grey. Oh, okay. um, but it's just, yeah, it's amazing how you, you get one person that will change the whole vibe of a particular item mm. and make it very, very special. And she knew how to do it. So probably due to increasing costs and the castle gradually falling into decay, uh, things really didn't happen very much. There are no great changes until around the 1980s. 
when a gentleman by the name of Sir William, uh, Sir Humphrey Wakefield, Sir Humphrey Wakefield and his wife Catherine decided to buy it. Now, Catherine is the daughter of Lady Mary Grey, a descendant of the family who established Chillingham Castle. So it's kind of come full circle. Oh. Now, the main building hasn't changed very much across the centuries. Uh, the Elizabethan galleries were added to in Tudor times, and in the 18th century, the grounds became very influenced by a legendary landscape architect whose name was Lancelot Capability Brown. Excuse me, his middle name is what? Lancelot Capability Brown, and his ideas carried uh, out uh, were carried out by the then Royal Gardener Sir Geoffrey Whiteville. So I think I he went. Was, he was trying really hard to distract with his first two names from the very ordinary last name. No, he was actually given this 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 name. This, Lancelot. Cap- no capability. He was right. given this. Now he was born. So I had to have a look because that sounded That's really so interesting. Odd. Yeah. So he was born in the 1700s. And he died in 1783. And he was more commonly known as Capability Brown. So they dropped the, the Lancelot. And he was a famed English gardener and landscape architect. And a lot of the very, very famous estates uh, have been architecturally created mm-hmm. by him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he kind of devised this English landscape garden style that swept all over Europe. And he's remembered as the last of the great English 18th century artists, according to his due, to be accorded his due, and England's greatest gardener. Now, there were some people that kind of really dissed him and said he's as boring as batshit because he kind of did a one... Um, Type fits one style. all. One style fits all. We figured it worked once. Let's just do yeah, it for everybody. Yeah. And he literally, every time he was employed, he did more or less the same thing. So mm-hmm. people um, then kind of said he's got no imagination. He doesn't do anything new. But, I mean, from his point of view, he was getting a continual supply of people interested. Because in normally this. people all want to be just like the other yeah, person. Yeah. We're all individuals. Uh, I'm yeah. not. And he, he kind of was making a bucket load of money. So he designed 170 <laughs> Parks, which is wow, pretty great, uh, and a, a, a number of them survive up till this day. And he was nicknamed Capability because he would tell his clients that their property had capability for improvement. Aha! Uh-huh. So that's why he was named Capability. I see. Now, another interesting thing, beyond the garden, the woodland and lakes are home to wildlife, including fallow and roe deer, brown hares, badgers, foxes and squirrels, while around 90 Chillingham wild cattle also live there, fenced off from the public. So some believe that these amazing creatures are the descendants of the aurochs, the large wild cattle that once freely roamed around the countryside and forests of England, um, but became extinct in the Bronze Age. So the aurochs are actually the first, like, first level of of beast that became cattle for us. So it's all, the word almost sounds like ox, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I may not be pronouncing it properly. How do you spell it? A u r o c h s. Oh, good heavens! Oryx. That is a, a really complicated one. But yeah, you can see where ox may have come from. That yeah. So they were once held in such high esteem that they were guarded as sacred. 
and they remain rarer than many endangered species and are the only wild cattle in the world. Amazingly, they have never been touched by human hand and no vet has ever treated one. Mm. Visitors can go and see the wild cattle, but only on a guided tour with a warden who knows how close to them it is safe to get. I wonder if we can do that. Gail would like that. Yes. So this is the other travel buddy that Renata refers to quite often is going to join us for this part of the trip. Mm. And she hates haunted locations with an absolute outright passion. So... (laughs) Oh, dear. Mm. Never mind, Gail. Now, <laughs> I, I needed to have a little bit more of a look about the, these aurochs, and you kind of think, oh, she's talking about cattle. But no, this it's is, interesting. This is really fascinating. No, it is. It's really and interesting. when you look at them, they have these huge horns that sort of come out to the side and then do a little bit of a turn inwards. Mm-hmm. Magnificent creatures. So the aurochs were one of Europe's most important mammal species. In Greek myth about the founding of Europe, Zeus in the form of an auroch bull seduces and kidnaps the beautiful princess Europa. Since then, the aurochs and its descendants, our present day cattle breeds, have played an important role in the making of Europe. So Zeus the bull and Europa can today be found on the Greek two euro coin and the building of the council of europe in brussels has chosen the same symbol a statue of europa and the bull Mm. so the aurochs once roved virtually all across europe from the southern part of scandinavia to north africa from the uk all the way into central asia and the ecological influence of All these grazing animals on the vegetation was significant. After the last ice age, however, things started to change because of modern man. Now, interestingly, I wrote, uh, I read that the last living auroch, Mm -hmm. which they believe, um, actually died in a forest in Poland. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. So it must be some sort of derivative they have there now, um, but uh, near Chillingham Castle, but their descendants are these original beasts. I hope we get to see them. So history and cattle aside, the castle is probably best known these days thanks to its reputation as one of England's most haunted castles. And of course, there are regular ghost tours and all-night vigils, which we saw on the Facebook, on the webpage, mm-hmm. uh, but they're mostly on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and we're hitting midweek because that's the only way we could afford the yeah, well, the, and We're only up else. that way for around about a week and it was the only day left in weeks either side yes. and I just said Renata we've got to grab yes. it it's it was like almost 300 pound for the night yeah, which yeah. is do the math it's, it's horrendous it's horrendous yep. um but it's it's a bucket list yeah um so please become a grand poobah patreon <laughs> um we would really appreciate it at yes. this stage yes <laughs> Now, I'm not going to go through all of the rooms of the castle and everything because we're going to do lives and you'll be able to see it then. But the oldest room in the castle and the one that visitors can see is the Edward I room. And what I will try and do is on our True Hauntings Facebook page, put a few of the... um, uh, the short videos that Chillingham Castle has actually put out um, where you can see some of the sites around the castle. They've got it so is, many knickknacks. It's fabulous. It is fabulous. I'm just going to have jaw-dropping moments yeah, while I'm there. And we're only there for such a short period of time. Yeah. It's going to be hard to take it all in. Yep. 
yeah, we want to get there as soon as possible. So the oldest room is the Edward I room, which has been restored with a gallery, armour, weapons and period furnishings. In a hidey hole near a window, more than 100 Elizabethan documents came to light during renovations some years ago. Wouldn't that be Mm. sensational? Look what I found! Oh, my God, look at all of these! Why didn't the cleaner find them? That's what cleaners <laughs> find everything. I don't know why the cleaner never found this. So some of these relate to the Spanish Armada and others to the succession of James VI of Scotland. Now, the King James Room is part of a three-room suite created especially for the monarch. It has a fine Elizabethan ceiling, walls covered in tapestries and silks, and it is furnished with copies of antique originals. And you often go into castles and you see these huge... Um, tapestries on the walls and you go, well, how come these tapestries are hanging here? And they're Mm. massive, absolutely massive. And that was for warmth. Ah. It was for warmth. It would keep the warmth of the fire in the room and that's why. Right. Um, A lot of them have been discoloured over the years because um, obviously when you're burning a fire in a room, it's going to have soot and smoke and everything. So the armour is filled with weapons and armour, as might be expected, yet there are also displays of poison blowpipes and a collection of rare (laughs) insects. Oh, insects? Yes, don't we love insects on... Pins, we'll be having, oh glass, no, yeah. we'll, we'll not be getting selfies with those. So more weapons are displayed in the Elizabethan Great Hall where royals galore have been entertained over the centuries. And the walls are lined, as like I said, with tapestries and antlers, which just make me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the remains of the original chimney are in the south wall, while above that are two small windows. So the second of the suite of rooms is the Plark Room Library, which holds the reminders of the owner's family and includes many paintings. Uh, And uh, the Marquess of Bath, Lady Wakefield's great-grandfather, is depicted and uh, London's Lord Mayor from the World War, blah, blah, blah. And and there are several other depictions of the Chillingcombe wild cattle. Uh, The library also contains a four-poster bed where King James sometimes received his guests... What? In the bed? In the bed. I know what those sort of guests were. And shelves lined with books, many relating to the Wakefield family. Now, it was, and I remember we did um, some research on this. I can't remember back. But it was a fashion. It was very fashionable at one stage for people to actually entertain their guests in the bedroom. Well, it still happens today, Renata. (laughs) I know, I know. <laughs> and one of the things that changed this was coffee. Oh, coffee? Coffee and tea. Mm. Because these drinks would be served on silver platters mm-hmm. and this whole gala event was would be created around having coffee and tea mm-hmm. in the salon, in the bedrooms of these, these hoity-toity people. Right. So it was very intimate and wonderful. You could have your petit fours. Yeah, and I, I, I guess it would be less constricted than being in living rooms and, um, you know, having to sit at, you know, long tables and things. So, mm. you know, more of an intimate well, gathering, if be, you know what I mean. Do they all climb into the one bed I or did, do I they sit they around just, the yeah, bed? I or? think they probably just stand around and sit around while, you know, the main guest lounges. Lounges. But, okay, I've got to finish on this bit because you gave me this bit. 
Uh, and we have to say it. The final room in that royal suite is the new dining room, which would have once been a place for royal visitors to wash and sleep in the Stuart era. The royal latrine was in the original tower stairs, and the person who looked after the king earned the title Groom of the Stool. Oh my god, I love that title. Yes, you and are you correct. Think, what a shit job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Groom of the stool. This, the king's most intimate and therefore most powerful servant, who would normally have been a nobleman's son. Can you you just imagine this? Dad, I'm going to be wiping the king's butt. I've made it in life. Yeah. It was a nobleman's son or, son or an important member of the gentry had access to the bedchamber, closet and stool room. Mm-mm. Mm. Oh, they'd be lining up to do that job. Oh, yes. Oh, I can I just need to it. whiff my king's poop today. <laughs> as, as such, despite the king's official lavatory assistant, the groom of the stool ranked high in social circles. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Lord Marmaduke, the groom of the stool. <laughs> Yay! Hey, the crowd's going crazy. Oh, my God. that would, I don't know. No, no. I know. Yep. When I saw that, I thought, Renata, you've got to read this out. Yeah, yep. The white lion statues in the room are casts of a pair formerly in New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art and later sold at Christie's for more £4 million. So final highlights not to be missed include the Minstrels Hall with its balustraded gallery decorated with spears, tapestries and flags, uh, one of which was bought from King George V's royal yacht, Who cares? Uh, (laughs) Who gives a flying duck? And there are full of Bronze Age stones. They're the fiery (laughs) ones that were thrown earlier on. The hot rocks. rocks. (laughs) (laughs) They're worth a fortune, Uh, those hot rocks. Yeah, so we're going to check out the hot rocks that are there. I wonder if they're still hot. Yes. Now, above all, Chillingham Castle is a great visitor attraction. We cannot wait to indulge in the magnificence and the legends of this. This slab of British history. It's nice. I like it. It's nice. Okay. I wonder where the grey room is that we're staying. Is it in the latrine? Do you reckon that's where it is? Are we no. in the shithole? No. 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 <laughs> but I know that our room is within the main castle. Uh-huh. So it's not in any of the annexes. Mm-hmm. It's it's And we can wander around mm-hmm. at night. And trust me, we will. Yeah, in my jammies. <laughs> I better buy, buy a decent pair of pajamas before we go. Yeah, but at the moment we've both got matching pajamas and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's going to be very chilly when we're over there, so um, I might actually have to get some. I, I always some wear flannels, summer pajamas. Flannelies. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> anyway, let me get on with the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So there's several ghosts there. Mm-hmm. Aren't you surprised? Mm. Now there's a famous one. Oh, there's a couple of famous ones. Anyway, there's one that's known as the Radiant Boy. Ah, yes. So yes. this is a childish wraith that is seen in the castle's pink room. Mm-hmm. So they've got all these interesting names for a lot of the rooms that mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he, he can apparently hear his heart-rendering cries of either fear or pain echo through the corridors upon the stroke of midnight. Oh, In the past, the cries have always seemed to come from a certain place in a passage that's around about ten feet thick with a wall and an adjoining tower, and then they fade away. But a bright halo of light would often appear, and the figure of a young boy dressed in blue would approach those sleeping within the room. Now, uh... Apparently, on renovating, they found the bones of a child in this said place, Mm -hmm. surrounded by the decaying fragments of blue cloth that were found behind the wall. But they did give him a Christian burial, Mm -hmm. as is only right. Um, And apparently he was seen no more until... Sir Humphrey started letting the room out to guests. I just wonder if there was nobody staying in the room. They're saying nobody saw him, but I just thought maybe no one was there. Mm, mm. Uh, And then guests started to complain about a blue flash that shoots out of the wall in the dead of the night. Now, um, they would say that it was an electric fault. They'd Mm -hmm. just say it must be something electrical. But Sir Humphrey is quick to point out that there is no electrical wiring in that particular section of the wall. Now, I did find in another story, as I think this one might have just been embellishing a little bit more, that uh, when they found this skeleton, 
that the child within had broken all their fingernails and worn down the bones of their fingers trying to tear their way out through the wall, trying to escape. The workers left and refused to return. In the open air, the, the corpse that had been so well preserved in the wall just disintegrated. Mm. So um, that's interesting. That had that little addition. It certainly makes it sound more scary and it dark. It does. It does. And I don't know if that was a thing they used to do in those days, bury people in walls, because... It's everywhere. I, there, where was the other one in Ireland? The um, yes, Loftus Hall? Loftus Hall. There's mm-hmm. babies in the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now you mentioned Lady Berkeley. Yeah. Wife of Lord Grey and the tea. She is roaming the castle. She's a restless spirit. Maybe we should take her a few tea bags. <laughs> Can we not talk about the tea bags after last right. night's show? Okay. Had to explain to her what teabagging was. Anyway, let's keep moving forward. Speaking of teabagging, apparently her husband ran off with Lady Henrietta. Gosh. One of many. Well, to make it worse, she was the... um, Lady Berkeley's sister. Now, it's I've sort of put these together because they talk about Lady Berkeley and then they talk about Lady Mary. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's the same character because it has the same uh, story attached with it. But she's run. He's run off with uh, Lady Henrietta, the sister, to uh, uh, Lady Mary Berkeley, um, and she was pregnant. So left abandoned her pregnant with the baby. So then she was left in the castle by herself with only her baby daughter for company. Uh, and the, apparently you can hear the rustle of her dress, sometimes heard as her invisible revenant sweeps along the rambling corridors, searching for a husband and leaving a cold chill, not to mention, not to mention unsettled witnesses. Mm-hmm. There was also another story about her stepping out of a picture. She's seen stepping out of her picture on occasions. Mm. And again, I think it's the same one. They, they just It's almost mm-hmm. like Chinese whispers where mm-hmm. they take a thing and, and then they it becomes bigger and grander. A lot of these uh, have come from greatcastles.com. Um, uh, another one is from Chilling Stories. Another one is, as I mentioned before, the Urban Exploration, The Curse of Chillingham Castle. Um, there, oh, I'll leave him till a little bit later. Now, in the chapel, there's quite often heard the voices of two men, but they can never pinpoint where they are. Mm-hmm. So they can hear the sounds, but they can't actually work out where they're coming from. Uh, and then they go on about the Radiant Boy as well. The Radiant Boy, boy is very popular. Um, so it's not... The hauntings aren't just in the private rooms. Uh, they've seen throughout. Now, Renata, this is the only place I've found a reference to this particular ghost. And she is in the still room. A still room. S-T-I-L-L. There is a painting of a so-called witch. Um, now, just me, I'll get this. A painting hangs of the so-called witch. So she is haunting, and she, apparently she curses anybody who steals anything from the room. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon possibly 
that might just be to stop people stealing shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the still room would be where all the alcohol was. Ah, it's not where you sit and quiet and no, meditate. No, no, no. Damn it. No, no. <laughs> Apparently they've also got a huge bowl there that was used for pouring boiling oil over people. Mm. Nice. I see, I mentioned that. You yeah, did. No, you mentioned hot rocks. Uh, I mentioned boiling oil. <laughs> or, and hot rocks. And hot rocks. Now, there's another little ghost here. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me find the rest of her story. She is a pantry ghost. Oh, pantry ghost. I don't know if they can let us into the pantry to have a look at the pantry ghost, but it was a cute little story that they had about her. Um, she is old and frail and known as the White Lady. Earlier in the century, a servant slept in the room to guard the silver that used to be stored there. And he saw the woman who he assumed was a guest. Now, I found another bit of the story that said that she begged him for a glass of water because she was so thirsty. Mm -hmm. So he left to go and get her a glass of water and then suddenly realized, hang on, how did she get in there? I'm locked into this area to protect the silver. So he's gone back straight away to say, how'd you get in here? And she's gone. Uh Hmm. Then I found another reference to another ghosty. Which sounds like a movie script to me. Apparently, even the grounds of the castle are haunted. Yes, the the Devil's Walk. Yeah, but no, this is with the the brassieres. Yes. Uh, This is the lake. Oh, yes. There is a lake there and the remains of thousands of Scots killed during the war with the English are rumoured to be in the water. Don't drink the water. Mm. Uh, And they say that... If you put your hand into the water, the souls of the dead will pull you under. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it too. <laughs> we have to put, we might make it on TikTok. Right. Oh, it'll go viral for sure. But there was one person that I wanted to really speak about. Oh, no. Are and we sleeping with this person? Excuse me? <laughs> This is person like in our room? No, 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 no. I haven't got to that part yet. Oh, okay, okay. There was a very famous torturer at Chillingham Castle. yes. And it is rumoured that he still haunts there. And his name is John Sage. Yes. Um, Now, this is going back to the urban exploration, the curse of Chillingham Castle. And they're talking about um, their their walk through the castle and and what they experienced. So I've pulled out little bits and pieces Mm -hmm. to relate back to you. A tiny, tiny metal cage looking hardly big enough to keep a parrot in. Definitely not big enough to swing a cat. People were locked in this tiny metal cage and a fire would be lit below. Sage would use bellows until the fire was well alight, roaring away, hot as he could make it. The prisoner would be naked, slowly cooking. Look, you can see the manacles on the wall where people used to be hung upside down and left starving to death, said their tour guide. Yeehaw. <laughs> and see over there, a bed of nails. Sage lived to cause pain and death. He boiled people alive. He gouged their eyes out. This barrel is covered with spikes on the inside. He would roll his victim around until the flesh literally fell from their bodies in chunks. They were begging to kill him and he was only too happy to oblige. Oh, dear. 
See, this is where yeah. serial killers found jobs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's another one that this, this guide is talking about, the rat trap. <clears throat> so, oh, I read about that. Do you really want to know about this, she said? Well, what Sage did was first get a live rat. There were always plenty around, gnawing away on the dead and almost dead bodies. He would catch the rat... That took some skill in itself and put it into the barrel. The inside of the barrel was strong, reinforced, but for a small section. He would string up his victim and attach the barrel to their stomach. The only way out for the rat, desperate to escape, was for it to break through the barrel, the soft part, straight into the stomach of the prisoner and eat its way out through the barrel and through the prisoner. Should I I put a warning about this before I went into these ones? Mm, Just be warned. These are pretty horrible. Um, So now let's go on to Sage's girlfriend. He had a girlfriend? He had a girlfriend. Oh, he treated them nice. Uh, So uh, his girlfriend was Elizabeth Charlton. And they were in that room, the the torture room, very often. Now, as we've noticed, John is a bit of a violent man in everything that he did. And he got into the habit of tying Elizabeth to the rack uh, that is still there Mm -hmm. and making love to her on the rack and half strangling her. One night he went too far. He couldn't stop himself. He had his hands around her throat, gripping on tightly as he did his stuff with her. She died on the rack, but it took him over 10 minutes to notice she had died. <laughs> he was having too good a time. Oh, boy. Oh, no. So he, apparently Elizabeth's father was a border reaver, and they were basically gangs um, from the border who would raid both the English and the Scottish, unless you paid them not to. Uh, so obviously a really lovely guy. Um, and at some stage, they were mainly attacking the English, and they contacted King Edward, who was on the throne of England at the time, and demanded that Sage be put to death. Quite rightly. Sage used to be a soldier for Edward before being injured and turned into the executioner. They threatened to team up with the Scots and attack and destroy Chillingham Castle before moving further south, rampaging through the countryside. They demanded that Sage free all of the Scottish prisoners. Edward actually did indeed order Sage to do so, but Sage didn't do it straight away. No, instead he went on a rampage of his own, killing every Scot around and outside of the castle grounds that he could find. He rounded up men, women and children alike, took them to the centre of the courtyard, and most of the Scots ended up in a big bonfire and it burnt for days. So this is the bloodshed that has occurred here at Chillingham Castle. Yeah. Apparently his ghost lingers here. He is still there. He had a special fate for the younger children. They were too much of an opportunity for him to simply burn. So he led them up to Edward I's room, high up in the castle, and imprisoned them there. Which you apparently can look into that. You can still go into that room to this day. Um, And from there, the children could see down into the courtyard quite well to watch their mothers and fathers and sisters burn. So you can imagine the sheer terror on their faces. You could hear them screaming. The the smell of their burning flesh would have been all around them. Um, And then Sage was not finished with them yet. Once that carnage outside was over, he marched up to the room with his axe and did not stop until every single child was dead and dismembered in the room. 
happy, happy thoughts. But he wasn't finished. So um, he, uh, the day that he was supposed to release the prisoners, there were over 100 captives. Uh, so as to not disobey the king, Sage did indeed release the prisoners from the torture chamber, but they didn't get very far. The path leading out of the castle is called the Devil's Walk. You walked up it on your way to the castle. Mm-hmm. The prisoners left the torture chamber, some of them seeing the sun for the first time in weeks, and walked or crawled down the Devil's Walk. Not a single one of them, man, woman or child, made it all the way down the path before they were slaughtered and their bodies left to rot where he hacked them down. Sage was eventually hung in public along the Devil's Walk in front of a very large and happy crowd. Mm -hmm. Finally get rid of him. Uh, And as was common at the time of public hangings, uh, they gathered to cut off souvenirs of Sage, get a finger or a toe or a little morsel of something you could take home and keep to say, look, I've got a bit of Sage. So every time you go to smudge your house now, (laughs) just think of that. Oh. Um, they apparently what was left of his body they buried at the crossroads where you drove into the castle grounds, believing that this would stop his ghost knowing how to get to heaven. I doubt very much he would have been allowed into heaven. Mm. Yeah, pretty vile, huh? All Awful. right, there, I I do have um a little bit of a skeptic story here. Who he was? His name's Jack Rear, and he's a British British journalist and. Um, he said that basically when you go to to the site, you're psychologically primed to have an experience mm-hmm. that um, th- there are so many ghost stories and there's tours going all the time. And mm-hmm. um, he wasn't terribly impressed with uh, the the dowsing rods that sort of quivered back and forth and doing do various, not much, words are hard. <laughs> um he said the former resident Lady Mary is supposed to step out of the painting, but usually you just smell her. <laughs> Poor Lady Mary. Um, and that's roses. So he's like, yeah, well, that's not much, is it? I'm not even bother. <laughs> but he did stay the night there. Uh-huh. And he did have a few issues. Um, so the issue he had is that he was woken at 2 a.m. in the morning by an insistent tapping on his window, like someone thrumming their gla- their fingers mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. the glass. And then a heavier sound as though something was being dragged across the glass. I pulled the covers up and I tried to ignore it until it stopped. Sheet of protection. What little sleep I get for the rest of the night is fractured. Next morning, he got up to have a look outside that window. Uh-huh and could find no identifiable cause, no loose cable, no piece of guttering, no trees, no nothing that have that could have created that sound. And we've got thunder, thunder. going on while I'm it's telling this story. Awesome. So that was the persistence of visions from the Fortean times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there, there's lots of little stories here I could keep going on and on about. But I want to finish up because we're time's getting away from us again. With some TripAdvisor reviews. Can't wait. And I happened to find TripAdvisor reviews for the grey room that we're staying in. Okay. Hit me with it. This is from Sweet Audrina, who wrote in October 2021, 
Oh, not not that, that long not ago. Not that long ago. Right. Okay. Stayed at Chillingham for the second time for four nights. Oh my God, they must be rich. Oh. And stayed again in the grey apartment. Beautiful large room with full kitchen, dining room, two bedrooms and a lovely log burner fireplace in the living room. Everything perfect as was the first time we stayed. Is it haunted? Well, I'm a sceptic personally. However, Chillingham Castle is the only place that has made me question this. And I've been to Pavilion Island. Google it. You'll know what it is. And we've done a podcast on that. Yes, we have. First few nights was pretty quiet. The fireplace tools did swing around on their own. Maybe a draft. There was a weird reoccurring noise of fabric sweeping along the carpet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an old building making weird noises. Mm-hmm. But on the final night... We kind of felt like we'd outstayed our welcome. The wardrobe door swung open just as I was getting into bed. Put it down to dodgy hinges, but why did it not happen before this? We'd already been there for three nights. The husband jammed it shut with a bit of cardboard, but unfortunately it then proceeded to rattle and bang throughout the night as if someone wanted it open. Oh my God! Can we put Gail in that room? But I don't believe in ghosts, so nothing to worry about, right? Well, I'll admit, I was scared at this point. Husband woke up in the middle of the night after hearing bagpipes, and I woke up to the sound of horses' hooves in the courtyard. Oh, wow. We bumped into Sir Humphrey on the way out, who had overheard us joking about the wardrobe ghost. He told us he'd spoken with the ghost in that room before about messing with the furniture, and he was disappointed to hear it was still happening. He walked off saying it was completely unacceptable. <laughs> did make a laugh, but recommended it a beautiful place and perfect for anyone interested in history or the paranormal. Oh. Are you excited? Yes, I am. <gasps> so am I. Um, all right. Now, this one. This is Scottish Mandy, who wrote a July, um, review in July. This is 2017. Mm-hmm. It's okay. The ghosts don't mind. Uh, fab stay at Chillingham Castle. Had an amazing stay in the grey apartment at Chillingham Castle. Arrived on Friday and the staff were very friendly and welcoming. Our apartment was amazing, full of old furniture and worn ornaments that added to the atmosphere of the rooms. My friend referred to the castle as a cabinet of curiosities. It was like the, if you like immaculate, modern and minimal accommodation, you probably won't like the apartments. We, however, loved it. It's an old castle, so expect the old cobweb and bit of dust. Again, it's, it adds to the atmosphere. We went to the Wooler Co-op to get some pl- supplies as the kitchen had everything we needed to make dinner. When we got back, we had a wee walk around the grounds and met Sir Humphrey Wakefield, who was extremely friendly and welcoming. We discovered that all the cupboards opened easily by walking past them and they did not close <laughs> properly. <laughs> Especially the cupboard in the four-poster bedroom. So, not paranormal. We watched a few horror stories, uh, horror movies on the flat-screen TV in the living room before bed, then had about two hours sleep kept waking up to footsteps creaking noises and someone moving in the twin room we slept in the four poster room what freaked me out the most was the banging from the bathroom it sounded like someone had taken all my toiletries and thrown them in the bath but the next day nothing was there When I knocked on the bath, it was the same noise I'd heard. Oh, she's good at investigating. The next morning, we headed to Alnwick and went to the castle there and had lunch before coming back and exploring Chilliam before it closed. Then had an afternoon nap. The castle has an amazing collection of different artefacts. On the Saturday, we went on the ghost tour, which I would really recommend. Oh, 
wish we could. Not only do you hear some ghost stories and personal encounters from the guide, you get further insight into the history of Chillingham. The cafe and the hanging trees were by far the creepiest. Oh, there's hanging trees. There's a cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we know his priorities are there. Um, Caught eerie mist on camera in the cafe. That would be the steam coming from the coffee. It could be. Saturday night um, caught an eerie mist up in the apartment too. No... Night two, there wasn't as much activity, which was as good because I needed to sleep. Woke up to a few noises, but nothing as loud as the night before. Left Sunday morning and already planned my next trip back. Hoping to be a bit braver next time, though, and switch the lights off at night. (laughs) So so much more to explore in Northumberland as well. I'll definitely be making another booking soon. Oh, wow. So that's that, got me very excited now. I know. And like I was whinging about the price of the apartment, but now I'm going, it's worth it. It's worth it. Now, just to be the person that we are, mm-hmm. that we do, we did discover a pamphlet that was written. Let me find this because I, I got all these notes from it. Ah, yes. By Leonora Tankerville in 1925. And it's called The Ghosts of Chillingham. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lo and behold, what do we find in this pamphlet? Mm, I wonder. There seems to be a story about grinning skeletons behind a wall, a man and a child. Hmm. There also seems to be stories about a radiant boy. Yes. Oh, okay. There's also stories about a Lady Mary Berkeley. Um, and the Lady Henrietta, and the scandal and the lawsuit that followed. There's even a story about an inner pantry where there's a frail figure in white. Hang on. This seems to be covering every single ghost story that I seem to have covered. That's strange. That's really weird, because who would think that in 2022, there's no new ghost stories? Mm. Well, you know. No one's going to really look for that pamphlet, are they? It's online. <laughs> so, once again, we've got these great stories, but we, it looks like it comes down to the pamphlet of one person. And then, like the urban legends that normally do happen and occur, we've had all these ghost stories come out of that. But still... They may be real. They may be. They may not. Well, I'm willing to find out personally. We're going to find out personally. I am. I take my trail cam. This is the first time we've actually done a um, research on something before we've got to it. Yes. And such an infamous castle. Is it haunted, Renata? Let's find out. Let's find out. Now, our friends from uh, Adelaide Haunted Horizons have already been to Chillingham Castle. They have. Uh, So we might give them a bit of a um, a call and find out what they found out before we go. They've got a video. So look up Haunted Horizons on YouTube and you can Mm -hmm. find their video about Chillingham Castle. Mm -hmm. And they stayed in one of the tower keeps, I think. Mm -hmm. But... That brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed that. And I'm sure you'll all be waiting with bated breath to see how we go 
in a few weeks yes. when we investigate Chillingham Castle <sighs> ourselves. And go for a walk along the what is it, Devil's Devil's Walkway. Yes, with the burning brass. With the burning brass. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Please share this podcast around. Let other people know that they can come and join the fun that we uh, hopefully give you guys here. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thank you for being our supporters. Thank you being there with us through all the ups and the downs, but it's going to be freaking fabulous from here on in. See you on the dark side. And don't forget, stay spooky. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.